to the book of Job chapter 3, and we'll get there in a little bit. Since this is an introduction to our series tonight, I want to say uh, some things that makes for a bit longer introduction than we would normally have, but I think that's important that we establish a foundation for the message. I don't need to tell you that we that we live in troublesome times, just like the Bible said it would be, and the whole world is full of hurting people. We meet together like this, and uh, we look around and see people that we know, but what we don't see is what's going on in their lives. There are people that have problems they'll never tell you about, the things that'll never come to the surface, and and yet there are people that are hurting in so many different ways, and and, uh, and we, we need to we need to deal with it in, in our lives, especially because we can't help somebody else until we discover how that we can help ourselves. And even people that feel like that they are sufficient in and of themselves to to handle whatever might come their way might find it to be a whole lot different tomorrow because let me tell you, there's always something that can knock you off of your feet. You know, you might you might have survived a lot of storms already and you think, boy, I, you know, I'm strong enough, I, I, can, I can make it. But the fact is we all need help from God. One of the ways that God helps us uh, is to render aid through his word and uh, it's designed for that purpose god gives us precepts he gives us principles he gives us promises to assist us but we have to keep in mind that the word of god renders aid only to those that avail themselves of it you know having a bible in your hand or a bible laying on the coffee table you know might look good but it doesn't really help you uh, if if you don't use it. So all of us need the Word of God, and we need the Word of God not just part of the time, not just when the crisis comes. We need the Word of God all of the time. And because, because our situations are always shifting, every day is different, because of that, we need God's Word just like we need our daily bread. And the great thing about it According to what Peter says in Second Peter chapter 1 and verse 3 and on down through there for the next three or four verses, he's reminding us that it's through the knowledge of Christ, it's through the sufficiency of God's Word that God enables us to overcome those things and to partake of the divine nature. Uh, so it is the very thing that that helps us through this. But... We need to realize that we can't get all we need just during the church service. I, I was sitting there thinking what an encouragement it is to be able to look out there and see those of you that are here tonight and, and to, to know that you're so faithful. And if you're absent, I know something is wrong because I know that you're faithful. I know you're going to be here when the doors are open and... Uh, You'll just never know what that means to a pastor. It's a great encouragement. 
but uh, you can attend every service. And by the way, this is just as true of Brother Kenneth and I as it is of you. We can attend every service, but we're not going to get everything that we need just in the church service. I'm telling you, it's impossible. We just don't have that much time uh, to study in uh, that great detail. So I, I can't go home with you and conduct a Bible study there every day. I have a hard enough time taking care of myself, you know, without trying something like that. So the thing of it is, I hope, I hope that maybe through this series, this short series of messages that, that it can be something that will stir up an appetite within you and help you to realize the importance of you spending quality time in God's Word every day. And, you know, I haven't done it because I certainly don't want to just embarrass people, but I, I've often thought to myself, I wonder how many, if I ask the question, how many of you spend at least, let's say, 10, 10 to 15 minutes a day, at least 10 or 15 minutes a day, in in the Bible, I wonder how many hands would go up, and then I wonder if I said, "How many of you spend thirty minutes a day studying some portion of the Bible every day?" I can't help but wonder, you know, how many people could honestly say that. And and, and I'm telling you that that this is one of those things we can't afford to neglect because it eventually catches up with us. And so I hope tonight that, that this will be the beginning of helping you to see how that there can be some advantages in adversity. God planned it that way. The title of the first message is the same as the title of the series, which is The Puzzle of Pain. And that's the title of the message tonight, but that's the title of the series. And you might wonder why, why I chose the title, the the puzzle of pain because, you know, I I could have called it the problem of pain. I could have called it the mystery of pain. I, I could have said we're going to talk about the misery of pain and, 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 and on and on. But I had a reason for using the word puzzle and, and you'll see why when we get to the last message. And when we get there, the last message, we'll put the pieces together. So tonight is an introduction and then each week we're going to look at uh, a different piece of the puzzle of pain. Whenever I think about a puzzle, naturally my mind goes back to when we didn't even have a TV. And uh, before the age of TV and video games and what have you, you know, things like puzzles uh, were a, a popular pastime. Am I right? Yeah, it's work work a puzzle. Uh, that drive me crazy today, sitting there trying to work a puzzle. You know, yeah, I remember a lot of people. You know, they'd work the puzzle and then they would glue it all together and make it in a frame and stuff like that. Uh, uh, but uh, but th- that was that was a great pastime back then. Uh, games provide entertainment. But this isn't entertainment, this is for our edification. This is a puzzle that will help us, not just entertain us. The most common question in the world would be why. 
Why this? Why me? Why now? And uh, the life is full of mysteries. It's difficult. And I got to tell you, a lot of times it just seems downright unfair. This just isn't fair. It happened to me. I loved the Lord. I served the Lord. I, you know, and, and, and it's just not right that God would let this happen to me. Well, here in Job chapter 3, and I don't have time to read all of the verses, but you're familiar with the story. Here's a man that lost everything, and uh, I mean, it's all gone. His business, uh, everything gone. His kids, everything's gone. Well, I said everything was gone. He had a wife that was trying to get him to kill himself, you know, and so you might say she was gone. She certainly wasn't any help to him. And uh, Job had an amazing attitude in reality because he went through all of this. He said, blessed be the name of the Lord. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. No complaints at all. Well, that was at that moment. But things tend to change, and Job's three friends, they come on the scene. It would have been so much better had they stayed away. But they came and camped out there, and uh, they begin to question him. Uh, and what they're implying is that, Job, we see what you're going through, and there must be some reason for it. God wouldn't let this happen unless maybe are you hiding some sin that we don't know about and 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 that's prompted God to chastise you and and so they're raising all of these questions and now here in chapter three, Job begins to ask some questions because none of this makes any sense to him either. And he says in verse one, after this opened Job his mouth and cursed his day. And Job spake and said, Let the day perish wherein I was born, and the night in which it was said there is a man-child conceived. Let that day be darkness. Let not God regard it from above, neither let the light shine upon it. Let darkness and the shadow of death uh, stain it. Let a, a cloud dwell upon it. Let the blackness of the day terrify it. As for that night, let darkness seize upon it. Let it not be joined unto the days of the years. Let it not uh, come into the number of the months. Lo, let that night be solitary. Let no joyful voice come therein. Let them curse it that curse the day and are, are ready to rise up in the morning. Let the stars of the twilight therefore be dark. Have you heard enough? I have. I'm getting depressed. Man, oh man. I, this guy, I'm telling you, the bottom is falling out. And it's why, why, why. And now he's saying, cursed be the day that I was born. I, I wish I'd never been born. You know, I, I'd rather be dead than alive. I mean, that's that's the way he's feeling here at this point in his life. And let me tell you, life can seem unfair sometimes. And that's why I am so amazed by what the Apostle Paul said over in Romans chapter 5 and verse 3. He said, we glory in tribulations. 
You know, that just, that nearly seems impossible. We glory in tribulations, and throughout all of his writings, we see him suffering things that, you know, that we would like to avoid, and yet in all of those things, Paul rejoiced. He, in fact, in 2 Corinthians 4.17, he calls them light afflictions. Well, boy, you look at what he's talking about, and there wasn't anything light about it. Let's just read some of these things because you might not be familiar with it, and I want you to I want you to understand what it is he's calling light afflictions. Second Corinthians chapter number six. Let's start there, and here he is describing some of the experiences that that he's been through. Verse number four. But in all things, approving ourselves as ministers of God, in much patience, in afflictions in necessities, in distresses, in stripes, in imprisonments, in tumults, in labors, in watchings, in fastings, by pureness, uh, by pureness, by knowledge, by long suffering, by kindness, by the Holy Ghost is love unfeigned. So he's describing these experiences. Now look in chapter eleven, same book, chapter eleven, verse number twenty four. And here he goes again. He says, Of the Jews, five times received I forty stripes, save one. Can you imagine that? You imagine someone being beaten maybe with a cat of nine tails or a whip of some sort? Thirty-nine times, and it happened five different times. I mean, you can almost picture the muscles on his back hanging there like blood-red icicles as he has been beaten unfairly. And he says, Thrice I was beaten with rods, once I was stoned, that was there in Lystra, no doubt, where they stoned him and drug him out and out to the garbage dump and left him for dead. And he says, uh, he suffered shipwreck. A night and a day have I been in the deep, in journeyings often, in perils of water, in perils of robbers, in perils by mine own countrymen, in perils by the heathen, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness in perils in the sea, in perils among false brethren, in weariness, painfulness, in watchings, often in hunger and thirst, in fastings, often in cold and nakedness. He goes on and he says, and besides all of that, I had to take care of the, the churches. So in other words, with all of this going on, he still had the responsibility of caring for the churches that God sent him to. And you read this, and then then he says that he rejoices in all of his tribulations, and he considers all of this to be light afflictions. Now, when you read verse 18, you understand that he called them light affliction in comparison to the glory that that awaited us, you see. But, but to think about these things as light afflictions, I mean, most of us be shaking our fists and ranting and raving about how unfair God was. Evidently, Paul had solved the puzzle of pain. In all of that, he was not discouraged, he was not depressed, he was not defeated. And I'm telling you, folks, if, if, if it, that can happen with Paul, I believe it can happen with any of God's children because he was just a man. He's just a man. But he was a man that was filled with the Spirit of God, and God gives us the answers to all of the pieces 
of the puzzle. So if we're going to have the right attitude about pain, then we have to search the Scriptures to see that God is a plan, that God is in control. And, and naturally, we don't rejoice in the pain itself, but we rejoice in what the pain can produce in our life. Over the years, and no telling how many different funerals, I've, uh, I've quoted these words of a little poem. It says, You may know beyond all doubting in this trial you're passing through that a loving God sustains you and some good He's planned for you. Do you really believe that? I hope you do. You can know beyond all doubting in this trial you're passing through. A loving God sustains you. In other words, He'll get you through it. And some good He's planned for you. Now, I can't explain what you're going through. I don't know about your trials, but I promise you there's a reason for whatever it is. And uh, you don't have to know the reason. You just have to know there is a reason. And you need to hang on to that thought. You don't have to know the reason. And it's no great sin in the sight of God for us to ask why. You read through the Psalms and you'll see over and over again how that the psalmist was allowed to ask why so long as he didn't murmur and complain against God. And you see, that's, that's the danger in us forgetting that there's a reason behind every problem that we go through. When we forget that God has a reason, a good reason for allowing those things in our life, doesn't mean he's the author of sin, doesn't mean that it's something God wanted to happen, but something that God allowed to happen, and he can take that tragedy and turn it into something good for God's people. So tonight, I want you to consider five things, five thoughts. I think we'll stop there. And the first part is the reality of our trials. Job spoke about it in that verse there in chapter 14, man that's born of a woman is a few days and full of trouble. Jesus spoke about it, by the way, did he not? He said it would be through much tribulation that we enter into the kingdom of God. He didn't promise us a bed of roses. He didn't say, look, I know you love me, I know you're faithful to me, and I'm going to make sure that you don't any encounter any great trials. I'm going to take care of you. I'll make certain that you never have to suffer. Why, in Philippians, it tells us that it is given unto us to suffer. It's as though, it's as though it's a gift of some kind. So, in light of what Job said, and Jesus said, and Paul said, why in the world should we expect to be exempt from these trials? You know, what right have I got to expect, okay, you know, God made Paul go through it, but maybe he'll let me off the hook. There's no such promise, and there's no reason for God to do that. So we're talking about the reality of trials. It's a part of life. Where we really get in trouble a lot of times is with unrealistic expectations. You know, we just... We just... uh 
for whatever reason, expect that God's going to be better to us than what He is, as though He's made some great mistake, you know, and needs to apologize, so He's going to give us the next few years trouble-free. But it doesn't happen that way. The reality is you're going to suffer. And the Bible uses a lot of different words to describe it. It might be the word trials, affliction, troubles, tribulation, temptation, whatever it is. It all spells P-A-I-N, pain, pain. Whatever form it takes, it's pain. It's something that hurts. You know, that's something we want to avoid. We want a pain-free life, do we not? I mean, that'd be the ideal thing. Several years ago, they passed a law in Colorado. This was a state law, by the way, that made it illegal for cities to hire part-time police officers. Now, I guess, you know, they no doubt had their reasons for that, but uh, you know, I can remember back years ago, it was a very common thing for the smaller cities to have some part-time police officers and, uh, uh, for, for many years. In fact, I still have my credentials as a, a part-time police officer or sheriff from the sheriff's department in Springfield, Missouri, uh, which allowed me to carry a gun back then, uh, but let me tell you, I wasn't trained as a police officer, and that was the problem. He's putting on these police officers on these police departments, and they didn't have any training or anything. And as as a result of that, it led to a lot of problems. So they just passed law. Can't hire part-time police officers. So one little town there responded to that by passing a law forbidding, now this is supposedly true, They passed a law forbidding crime, accidents, and emergencies and death on Mondays and Tuesdays. (laughs) So we'll just make it a law. None of that can happen. Yeah. And then we'll have our, 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 you know, have enough cops to take care of the rest of it. Well, you know, we'd all like to pass a law prohibiting pain, wouldn't we? Yeah, let, let, you know, just make a law, no more pain. Well, it's not going to happen because we are forced to face the music whether we like it or not. I mean, that's the reality of it. Then we need to think about the range of it. That is the extent of these trials because it's one thing, you know, to, you know, to have a problem in one area of our life and to deal with that, but it's another thing whenever it's more comprehensive. I mean, it just has tentacles and it reaches out and it might touch us, for example, by way of a physical ailment. Paul, Paul had a physical ailment. Some, you know, he calls it a thorn in the flesh. Some say that it was poor eyesight. And they say the poor eyesight might have been the result of the stoning in Lystra that damaged his eyes. I don't know. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But there's some indications that he did have poor eyesight. But whatever it was, it was a physical ailment. And there are those of you here that you know what it is to live year after year after year with a physical ailment. Let me tell you, back whenever you were 16, 18, 20 years old, you never envisioned that you'd be going through what you're going through right now, right? Because, I mean, you were young and strong and healthy and what have you, and now, wow. 
and, and, and there's no magic pill. There's no way out of it. No exemption clause. You're stuck with it. Whatever it is, you've got to deal with it. But it might not be physical. It might be, um, it might be abuse from others. That silly little saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I don't believe a word of that. Because a lot of times we get hurt far worse by things that people say about us and do to us than we would in a barroom brawl. So it's sometimes, sometimes the emotional trauma that we experience by being hurt by somebody is worse than the physical suffering that we might be going through. It might be the loss of goods to lose material things, you know, like in the flood or by fire or whatever it is, uh, to lose something that means so much to you, something that can never be replaced. I, 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 I mean, we've all got something like that that you know, we want to hang on to. That belonged to Grandpa. That belonged to, you know, to Daddy or Mom. And, uh, boy, we just hate to lose that. But it's gone. It's gone and you got to deal with it. I mean, surely you're not going to sit in the corner and suck your thumb and whine about it the rest of your life. That, what kind of a life is that? It's surely not that important, but it's difficult to deal with. We all have to admit that. Or look, it might be the loss of a loved one. You know, I... I, I naturally having been here 30 years now and you look back over the years and I look out and I I remember when Stella first started coming her and her husband at that time and now he's he's with the Lord and and, and just seeing different ones I think about Ron and Peggy and uh, you know they had uh, they had lost a, a little boy back uh, right I think right at birth back years and years ago and then you know that's that's uh, that's a devastating blow there, but uh, but but then whenever they lost Doug and I got to I I just so admire them for the way God helped them through that I I really have and and, and so many of you know what it's like to lose somebody that you love dearly. So I'm saying that the range of trials can be so different. And, and, and look, don't make the mistake of judging the severity of somebody's pain based on something that you went through with great ease. Because you might lose something, let's say, material, uh, and uh, it didn't really bother you that much. But believe me, there are some people that it's devastating. It might be that... You, you lost a loved one, and God just helped you through that. You, and in fact, it even surprised you. You, you. you just never imagined that you could get through it so well. And God some way got you through that. But boy, somebody else, for them, it was so devastating, they just bottomed out. And I mean, it, it just, they just caved into the pressure of it. Don't judge somebody else by the severity of their trial based on how you handled it in your situation because there's a whole wide range of trials that we go through. And then again, I want to emphasize we need to consider the reason 
the reason of our trials. And when I say that, you know, surely there has to be a reason. If there's not a reason for our trials, i got to tell you, life doesn't make any sense at all. There's got to be some reason behind this. I mean, it's surely, you know, that God just, you know, hasn't left so many loose ends that He is so sloppy in running the universe that He's letting all of this stuff happen and there's no rhyme or reason for it. It's just, oh well, I can't really control it, you know, and so I've got to let it happen. No, God's smarter than that. God's wiser than that. God is more powerful than that. God has a reason. And as I said earlier, you don't have to know exactly what the reason is. All you've got to know is that God has some reason in letting all of this happen. So it would be silly for me to sit here tonight and try to list all of the different reasons why God lets, you know, these things happen. Because, you know, I don't know. But, but what I do know is that that whenever the finished product, when God is through, when God has accomplished His purpose, when it's all over and said and done, we're going to look back and say, wow, I, I see God, God had a reason in all of this. You can drive yourself crazy trying to figure out the reason for everything that you're going through. You can't do it, folks. And then we need to consider the fact that there is a reward in all of this, in all of our afflictions and trials. You know, and it's like I was talking about the reasons. We don't always see the reasons, and we don't always see the reward of what we're going through. But there's going to be a reward. Listen to what James said. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried... And keep in mind, some of you might not know, that word temptation doesn't always apply to the enticement to sin. You know, it may or it may not, depending on the context. That word temptation can can refer to the trials, the tribulations, and the troubles that we go through. And notice he says, For when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. God has promised that there is going to be a reward for those who endure the afflictions that he allows to come in their life. Now, our problem is we want to know the reason and we want to possess the reward now. And sometimes we get bitter when God's not cooperating. We want God to give us an explanation. God says, I'm not talking. You're going to have to wait. And we're like a little kid wanting to open our Christmas presents, you know. We don't want to wait till Christmas morning. We want to open them right now. We want an explanation. And they don't understand that God has a perfect plan. And if He yielded to, to our desires, granted our request, it would spoil the plan because, look, this this is a part of what God's trying to accomplish. The fact of the matter is we have to live by faith until the time comes when the reasons are going to be revealed and the rewards are going to be received and the redeemed are going to rejoice. Amen. You can like it or not, but you're going to have to wait. And that's why the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Think that through. It didn't say the just should live by faith, although they should. It said they shall. 
The just shall live by faith. It's the only way to, it's the only way to live for the Lord, by faith. Because he's not going to explain everything. That's why I've said so many times, and I believe it with all of my heart, God wants for you what you would want for yourself if you were as smart as God. If, if we were that smart, we would want exactly what God allows to happen in our life. Now, not being that smart, I would say, Lord, I, I'd really like for you to get rid of this and to get rid of that. And Lord, I, I think I really, I'd, I'd prefer that you change this and that. I'd have everything rearranged and ruined. And, and, and you would too, probably. But God's smarter than that. God knows exactly what it takes to make of us what He would have us to be. And, and my question is, do you really, truly, honestly believe that? And if you don't, you've got a lot to learn about God. Because even though you can't understand it, you have to accept it in order to deal with it. That God has a reason, a good reason, for whatever happens in your life. Well, that brings us down to the last thing for tonight. And that has to do with the remedy for our trials, the remedy for our pain and problems and suffering. And the bad news is we can't escape it. That's the bad news. We can't get away from it. The good news is, by the grace of God, we can endure it. There is help to be had because He is the source of our strength. As a young preacher... uh, one of the things that excited me more than anything was to read the stories of the great famous missionaries of years gone by. It, it, it just it, it just blew my mind to think that they that God enabled them to do all of the things that they did, and in every case, their success was in the face of adversity, great suffering. I guess my favorite would be. To the Golden Shore by Adiram Judson. Just what an amazing story. These men, you know, took their family and went to some foreign country, suffered horribly. Uh, the children often died. The wife died. And they went through all of that. And yet, through it all, God strengthened them and enabled them to keep going. Look, they were just human. I'm, I feel certain that there were times, in fact, I know from the testimony of some of them, there were times when they wanted to quit. Charles Spurgeon almost quit one time. I mean, he got so discouraged, so depressed, that he just decided he was going to quit. And it can happen to anybody, you see. And, and, and that's why we need to, we need to realize that, that God has given us a remedy for these trials. Listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 10, verse 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. Have you ever felt like you're going through something nobody else ever had to go through? Well, I've got it worse than anybody. Nobody else has ever had to suffer like I'm suffering. Yes, they have. It's common to man. Whatever you're going through, somebody else has gone through it. Somebody else has gone through something worse than what you're going through. 
So there's no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer, that it was not, will not allow you to be attempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way of escape, that ye may be able to bear it. Now, sometimes we misunderstand that, and I've heard preachers say, See there, God will never put more on you than what you're able to bear. Yes, He will. God will have you, listen, God will let stuff happen to you that there is no way in this world that you could bear it on your own. The point of this is that with God's help, God will never put anything more on you than you're able to bear if you're trusting Him. He'll make a way of escape that you're able to bear it. He makes you able. But without a sense of dependency upon God, you're not going to make it through it. But with His help, you can survive anything that happens to you. I think every parent, no doubt, has wondered to themselves, what in the world would happen if God took one of my kids? Or what would happen if uh, if my spouse died? Uh, you know, I, I've often said it to Bev, but I don't know what I'd do without you, and I don't know what I'd do. I mean, we've all thought things like that, right? But I'm telling you, folks, listen, don't don't misunderstand this. You're stronger than you think you are. You're stronger than you think you are when you're depending upon the Lord for your strength. You can survive anything with the help of God. Psalms 34 and verse 19 says, Many are the afflictions of those low-down, no-good-for-nothing scoundrels. No. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. But the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Wow. Isn't that a great promise? The Lord, He's not, look, He's not going to give you an exemption from it, but He will enable you to endure whatever it is. And if you're wondering if God can or will do as He promised, I can assure you that He will. And we see proof of that in the story of Job. But not just there, we see proof of that all through the Bible. And let me tell you, if you refuse to believe that God will do as He promised, neither I nor anyone else can do anything to help you. Do you understand how desperate you are for God's help? And I'm in the same boat with you folks. We're all there together. Nobody else can get us through some things in life. You know, we all naturally, we want to encourage a loved one whenever they're going through a hard time. I, you know, I think Brother Nolan and Joanne, they attend more funerals than about anybody I know. Every time I turn around, they're at a funeral somewhere. And, and it's because they've got loved ones and, you know, they want to be there. They want to support those people in their time of need. And that's wonderful. It's an encouragement to those people. But let me tell you, when it gets down to where the rubber meets the road, the only thing that enables us to really survive the tragedies in our life and to get through the hardships is God. 
and he never fails to keep his promise. And I'm telling you, and we're going to look the next few weeks, we're going to look at the pieces of the puzzle. And whenever we get down to the end, I'm going to put those pieces together and show you what the end result is. And uh, I think you'll be forced to agree uh, with what I say in that regards. It's just encouraging to me to be able to be able to sit here tonight and say to you, you, you can do it. You got, you, you got this. Whatever it is, with God's help, you're going to make it through this. Yeah. You say, well, John the Baptist didn't make it well. They cut his head off. What do you mean he didn't make it very well? He promoted him to glory. Don't, wow. I'm, I, Paul said to depart and be with Christ is far better. Sometimes we feel sorry for the wrong people. We really do. We feel sorry for those that died and went to heaven. You need to feel sorry for those that are down here that, you know, that are still suffering and they're the ones to be pitied. So I, I just hope and pray. I, I don't know how to give an invitation tonight. I really don't. I, I just hope and pray that this will be an encouragement to you to give some thought to this subject and, uh, Zero in on some particular scripture. It might be the might be the twenty third Psalm. Won't you just spend this next week reading that every day? Read through it, and and don't just read through it. Really stop and think about what the psalmist is saying there, and uh, think about it in the light of the difficulties that you might be going through. And I pray that God will help you with that. Let's all stand, please. We want to thank the Lord for the one that he added to our church family this morning. And uh, we want to pray that he'll just continue to have his will in that regards. Maybe there's someone here tonight that you're going through something you haven't told anybody about it. I, I know nothing about the difficulty that you're going through right now, but you're hurting. I mean, you're really hurting. Your heart is broken or, or, or it might be that you're in great pain in some other way tonight and you don't want to say anything to me about it. You don't want to talk to Brother Preston about it. But maybe you just need to get on your knees either right there where you're at or just sit down there in the chair or put your head in your hands. Or maybe you want to come forward and kneel here and pray. But don't leave here without doing business with God. Don't just... Don't just ignore it and, uh, and walk away from it. Let God help you. He really wants to, and He really can. Let's sing. Page 